Got Your Ears On is brought to you by Tactical Legion 9. Alright everybody, hello and welcome to this week's episode of Got Your Ears On. Guido here along with Scoot. Bingo. And Johnson. Maryland week, Guido. Game week. I'm so excited for game week, guys. It's. Uh, I feel like we've been waiting for this forever. It's been, I think, forever since we've seen a game, I feel like. I mean, I know the last game was the Army Bowl game, but it wasn't, you know, it was a win. It was exciting, whatever. But it's time for college WVU football to return, and we face off against Maryland this Saturday, 3.30 p.m., Bird Stadium in College Park, that bastion of wonderful college football stadium that it is, yes. right? Yes, modern, no, faci- so modern Very facility. Modern facility. Yes, beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. That game's on ESPN too. Uh, ESPN guys, so uh, we'll be able to at least see it. And uh, and if you're looking, actually, just to hit this right off the top, if you're looking to listen to the game, if you're like me and you've used the TuneIn app for the past, I don't know, decade to listen to the game on your iPhone, you can't do it anymore. You can't listen to it on TuneIn anymore. You have to pay a subscription on TuneIn now. Of course you do. WVU, Tony Caridi and WVU did a great thing. They released a uh, a press release that was like, don't do it. Download our app. You can listen to it for free. Or just search for another radio station that broadcasts on TuneIn that's going to be playing it. Don't pay TuneIn is pretty much what they said. Yeah, good for them. I mean, but but listen, Guido, welcome to 2021. I'm sure you've got a $5 subscription waiting on you somewhere, right, to, to buy into that, so... Absolutely, absolutely. So, so here we are. We're playing Maryland. We uh, we generally do good against Maryland boys. We're favored by three and a half points right now. WVU leads the all time series twenty eight twenty two to two, and uh, we beat them last time we played them in uh, what was it twenty fifteen Johnson? It was a blowout. It was like forty five to six. Yeah, we'd love to see another one of those for sure. Are we are we are we nervous about going into this Maryland game? Is there anything about Maryland that makes you nervous? Mike Loxley's crew coming in, Scooty. Like, are you nervous about it? Well, uh, one thing. Let's. I'm not a big time gambler, but let's look at the spread. Guido, what's the spread? Three and a half. Three okay. and a half WVU's favored right now. To me, that tells me that this should be a close game. Uh, three and a half is, they're saying, what, maybe by a touchdown or... or, or Field goal. Yeah, I mean, so it's going to be close. Um, I don't really... I'm going to come out and say this. I don't really respect Maryland. I don't think they're a great program. Uh, maybe they were back when they had the fridge manning the sidelines, but... Uh, now they don't, and we're in a kind of a dog fight with with a team that I don't think is all that great. So that that's a concern for me. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, for me, Guido, I think it it seems like another one of those Maryland teams where uh, it feels like every time we play Maryland, we're talking about strength on their offense, especially in their receivers. Um, that's what I feel like this Maryland team has. They're returning. I think the big talk right now when you hear anything about Maryland is uh, Tua Tagovailoa's brother is their quarterback. Um, athletic, can move. Um, that doesn't make me feel great, I'm going to be honest. So for me, I know we're going to go through some of our um, kind of prognostication on how we think this season should go later in the show. To me, this game could go sideways. I know that's going to make people frustrated. Uh, I'm not trying to make people mad at me, but I think this game could go sideways because, Scoot, we've proven um, 
who, what did we call Texas Tech's quarterback last year? Uh, did, <laughs> Boner Stabone. Yeah, Boner Stabone went off on us for like he looked like Barry Sanders, right? Like last year. Um, my so two things, Guido. My my kind of uh, concerns are athletic quarterback can move. Uh, receivers are good. They're solid. I mean, I don't think they have any Blitnikoff award winners, but they're solid. And we have just enough open questions in my mind about our secondary. We had a lot of movement in the offseason, a lot of changes. Um, not that we haven't shored some of that up, but I think you put those three things together and it makes me nervous about this game. Yeah, and I think for me, and here's the thing, if you looked at the – if you, if I know you guys aren't gamblers, but if you look at the numbers and you look at the over-under on it, the over-under right now is set at 56.5, which – I thought was pretty high. So I do too. I agree. Vegas is not thinking this is going to be a defensive struggle of a game. Like, you know, I, I kind of expected that over under to come out maybe like high 40s, low 50s, like maybe a 51. Uh, 56 and a half means that they think both teams are going to score a lot of touchdowns, which makes me nervous for WVU because I'm I'm not sure how good WVU is going to be at scoring touchdowns. I think because the offense that we saw last year makes us question the offense that could be happening this year. Yeah, sure. So I think WVU needs to win it in the defensive side if they can. With that said, I will say that WVU has won nine of the last 10 games against Maryland. And let's just look at Maryland as an institution, as a program over the past decade. I mean, they've gone through, since 2011, they've gone through Randy Etzel as a head coach, Mike Loxley for like three games after Etzel got fired, DJ Durkin, who was a losing coach for two years, Matt Canada, who came in to try to save things after that, that was a train wreck. And now Mike Loxley, who's been there since 2019, is only won six games there. So Maryland shouldn't make us too nervous because Maryland is a pretty much a crap program now. Yeah, no, that's fair. I mean, they've been a continuing train wreck even under Loxley. Um, so you're right, 6-17 and 17 since he's come to Maryland. So, I mean, none of that makes me nervous. I just think... Um, I'll expand out a little bit, Guido. So my, my thought coming in on the season, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep it to Maryland, but just one little preview for me is I think we have this three-game set to open the season. Um, Maryland, somebody I didn't know had a team, and then Virginia Tech, right? And so to me, right. I think in true us fashion, like we, we should come out of that 3-0, and but in true us fashion, I think we come out 2-1 and just because we're us. And I think – this one you know Virginia Tech's at home they're kind of a mess when you look at Virginia Tech you know we've that we've had some people even transfer over to us from Virginia Tech they're trying to figure out their quarterback still I think it's a transfer kid from Oregon they you know it's like I, I don't know what's going on over there Maryland's got just enough going on here at the at the key positions and we have just enough open questions because I don't know how you guys feel but to me that's a concern on our defense I, I think we're solid up front hopefully we're we're solid at the safety positions and stuff but we've had a lot of movement there and I feel like if it does get into one of these you know uh, you know, like you're saying, Guido, the 56 and a half over under where people are scoring a lot of points that starts to make me nervous my only maybe, point to talk myself back into 
everything's going to be okay. <laughs> like we're every calm down is that we have Letty Brown. I think our blocking up front is a lot more improved um, than it has been. I think those guys have had another season to grow together. Letty's going to be the real deal. I mean, he's a true number one running back in this conference. And I think if anything can kind of slow this game down is hand in the rock to Letty and just letting him churn out yards, you know, maybe, help our defense out a little bit by piling up yards and piling up scores. So I, but I'm still nervous about this game. I'm still not feeling good skewed. I'm, I'm nervous going into this game. Well, I don't, I don't feel good because the last time we saw this team, I didn't feel good. Like we, WVU, you mean? Yes, correct. And, and I didn't feel good because we had to bring in a (laughs) backup, 35-year-old quarterback to try to rescue our bowl game. And we're now going to trot out the same guy that led us to that first-half blunder. And that concerns me. I'm hoping that he's much improved because what happens when – I shouldn't say when. What happens if we lose this game? What happens to Neil Brown and and the confidence that Mountaineer fans have of the program? Is this a must win for the Mountaineers, or can can we be okay losing this, knowing that we've got Long Island, so we should at least go one and one, and then it's kind of uh, you know hope that we're playing a tougher team or a, a, we're playing as a better team. Uh, come Virginia Tech. Well, I think we can get to it now. We can talk about this season and this team. And I'll say this. I I don't think that expectations from anybody are high on WVU this year. You're not getting – there's not hype. There's no, like, hey, winning the Big 12 chatter. There's no – you know, there's – nobody's expecting – um, anything amazing from this team. So I think for Neil Brown, from Neil Brown's perspective, and especially how good his you know forecasting and his recruiting has been going with this team uh, or with the program, I, I don't think that he's in any concern. I don't think that the fans of West Virginia should be in any position where they're going to give up on this team. Now, with all of that said, you know we haven't seen what this team can do yet. We haven't seen, you know, what, if anything has changed with Jarrett Dagey with, you know, this offensive line, it it should be amazing. Um, So I I still am. And I, you know, we can get into it right now. Like my predictions on this team are still pretty high. Like I am, I think a bowl game, I think, uh, and we'll, we'll talk our, we'll give our final guesses here, but I'll say seven or eight wins. Like, I think this team is going to be better than what we all expect right now because of the fact that, you know, we've, we came off of last season and we, we were all kind of down on it. And, you know, having to have, you know, like Scooty said, a 35 year old transferred 10 time quarterback come in and, and win the game. Um, but Scooty, I, I, I mean, what what would change your mind on this? Like let's say let's say Scooty, we're four games into the season, right? And we're four and zero. Is your mind changing? Are you still down on this? And team? Scoot, let me add one other thing in before you answer that, because I think another thing I've been thinking about this week is I I knew we were going to be talking about our season preview. Is one thing we haven't really talked about is we have we have quite a few guys on this team that have now been with this squad, been with Neil Brown for for two-plus seasons. And I think regardless of, you know, I know what you're thinking because I'm thinking the same thing. Like guys don't suddenly become, you know, like 
tenfold skill wise what they were the last time you saw them, but they do certainly mature. They do certainly grow in the program and they do certainly just, you know, there's a lot of difference between a freshman and a junior stuff like that. Um, I think we have a good bit of that going on in the program right now. These guys have had, you know, a season or plus, you know, one or two seasons plus to grow together and to work together. So I, I think I, I'm trying to be optimistic because I think for just, you know, that fact alone, we're probably going to see more improvement than we expect. I, I'm going to come out and say this fellas, this is like a therapy session for me. Okay. It feels, <laughs> okay. It feels bad already, but okay. Well, I think I'm so down on this team because I was so high on this team last year. Okay. If you recall, I was probably one of the more uh, glass half full guys of the three of us going yeah. into going into the were. season. I think you I was, were. I was excited about Jared Dagey. I was happy to get away from Austin Kendall. I thought we had Letty Brown moving in the right direction. I thought Sam James was going to be amazing. I thought we got Darius Stills, who's going to be amazing. So I was really high on the team, and then I feel like I was let down. Like, I know they didn't really let me down, but I feel like, and I'm sure they would say that they felt they were let down as to how the season ended. But I feel like I was let down. So because of that, I guess, I don't know, I guess I never really realized this, but my trust in the program is harder to win back than I than I think I thought it would be because I guess I had better trust in the and I not that I was in love with Dana Holgerson but you know our last couple of years with Dana Holgerson we had David Sills and we had Will Greer we had sure. some exciting players that yeah. you know Gary there had some yeah there was some hype around them as far as being great players in the conference great players in the country uh, NFL prospects, so there was some hype, there was some jazz to it. Yeah, but but Scooty, you're you're building that, and I get that, and I and I I remember that as well. But you also have to, you know, and and you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty. But you also have to remember that, like Dana Holgerson also left this this program in flames when he left because yeah. recruiting went down his last two seasons. He's his cover cupboard was bare. Yes, exactly. Like he was not pulling the recruiting classes that he was pulling years prior to that, and most of those names that he got were usually transfers from colleges where they weren't getting the playing time they wanted and he was promising and guaranteeing playing now, time and he and he wasn't like well I mean and I you know listen no disparaging against Will Greer I loved him as a mountaineer but Will Greer's a prime example of that he wanted to play football he wasn't getting to play in Florida he came here to play you know uh so and that was the promise that Dana Holgerson made him I I I, I will say though scoot and this is where I, this is where I think with college, with college, it's different if it was a pro team. It would be. I feel like you could have this argument if we were talking about an NFL team. But you're talking about college sports, where from year to year, from recruiting to recruiting, and even development wise, it can change drastically. And like this year, coming into this season, you look at that like offensive line with like Brandon Yates, redshirt, you know, sophomore, you know, Zach Frazier, who's a true sophomore, never redshirted. You know, you've got. Parker uh, uh, Moore, who is a, a redshirt sophomore. You get these guys now who have been in this program and been playing with Coach Brown for two or three years. I think it all starts to click a little bit more. 
Um, on top of the fact that they had a true camp this year and they had a true, you know, ramp up to the season that they didn't get last well, year. Well, and Scoot, I want you to finish, but I think you're, I think, I'm, I just wanted to chime in really quick because I think you're kind of where I'm at with this too. It's not that, like, you are seeing a lot of your, so to quote you, that you are seeing a lot of jazz on the recruiting trail. You are seeing a lot of hype for maybe next year two years from now i mean i am really excited about that stuff but i think right now in the moment in like the 2021 season it's like what are we i'm not sure where we're at exactly i that's how i feel like i feel okay we made some some progress i guess if you look at the bowl game yes we do hear a lot a good talk about future incoming freshmen they're not here yet they're not going to participate in this season uh, some of those guys that we're hearing the hype about probably we won't see on the field for two years, really. So what do we have in the interim? That's what I, I you know, I yes, we have Letty Brown. Uh, and I'll be honest, Letty's a good running back. He's not a, he's not flashy like Tavon, though. He's not a, a Noel Devine. He's kind of a between the tackles, churn out, you know, what, are the, what was it, four in a cloud of dust or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. that's kind of the running back he is. Uh, I don't know that he's got breakaway speed. I'm just not saying he's not fast, but he doesn't have that like, whoa, like that, that extra gear, or that breakaway speed that, that, um, we've seen in the past from running backs at WVU. So I don't know. I just, I know he's good. Um, beyond that, I think Winston Wright is, and Bryce Ford Wheaton are decent receivers. Um, on the offensive side, I don't know. Do we do we get a tight end more involved? Continue that progression that we've seen. Um, was it O'Laughlin, our tight end? Do we see him uh, become more of a factor in the in the pass game? I'll be honest though. If we're if we're cutting right to it, I'll, I'm going to lay it out here. I've got to see Jared Deggy throw the ball farther than ten yards. All right, guys. So what I want to do is I want to I want to. I want to ask you guys to give me a little bit of prognostication, your opinion on on this year. I want to do a couple of over-unders first, all right? Player over-unders, all right? Okay. So I want to start with Letty Brown, because I think for all of us, Letty Brown is is kind of the linchpin for this season, right? Like, Letty Brown, if he has a good season, could, could mean a lot for WVU. Letty Brown last year ran for 1,010 yards. All right, in 2020. Now, granted, short season, right? Short season, only played 10 games right. last Didn't year. Didn't get the Oklahoma game. Uh, so here's my question for you this year, though. 2021 Letty Brown, over or under 1,500 yards for the season? 1,500. That ups the ante. That ups the ante quite a bit. 1,500 yards. So, so think about it this way. If he's, if he's doing 1,500 yards this season, uh, that's averaging about 125 a game uh, this season. I'm going to say under. Under. Under 1,500. Johnson, what do you think? Over, under I'm 1,500. Going, I'm going over, Guido, because I think I think this offensive line, these players that have come together on the offensive line, I think it could be one of our strong suits. I really do. And I think Letty, I mean, Scoot said it, he's a bruiser. Like, he needs that up front block. You know, he needs just, just – he's going to run between the tackles. He's not going to be swinging it out wide a whole lot. So I think – I think I'm going to go over. I think he can go for he can have a really healthy season this year. I I think Scoot that he's going to continue because of your hangups at the QB position. 
he's going to be asked to do a lot. They're going to lean on him a lot. He's going to get a lot of carries. And I think barring an injury, he's going to have a big season. I'm going to go over. All right. I'm going to go over as well. I I think that this is going to be his breakout year. I think he's got a good offensive line in front of him. And I think the team's going to rely on him heavily. I mean, we've got a 1,000 wide receivers like we seem to have had the last couple of seasons. And I think the team's going to rely on him, you know, super heavy to to do that. Let, let's let's shift to Scooty's favorite player, Jarrett Dagey. Jarrett Dagey last year in 10 games had 2,587 passing yards. Okay. All right. And so 2,587 is uh, 258 yards a game, roughly, right? This year, over, under, in 12 games, 3,200 yards. Under. There's no— Scoot goes, on, uh, Scoot goes under. No, that's, so that's adding that's adding 10 yards a game is all, and, all we're doing there. And Averaging 266 a game. And I know, that, I know how they determine that stat, but if we're actually talking real passing yards, we're probably well shy of that because it's mostly yak that's racking up these yards for him. So he needs to thank the receivers that run for their lives. So I'm going to say under. All right, Johnson, what what do you think? I think I'm leaning under as well, just because I think we're going to be run heavy. And I think there are going to be games where we run into some defense. You know, we always give big 12 defenses heck, but I think Iowa State, Texas, Oklahoma, I think you're going to see some stout defenses that we're not going to be able to wing it around on. I, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be under. Okay. I'm I'm going to go, if I could call it even, I'd call it even. I am going to go over on this one as well because, you know, I'm a glass half full kind of guy. Uh, you know, I think he can add 10 extra yards on average a game. I think there are a couple of dogs in our schedule this year that are going to help us or help him with that as well. I think he'll throw three-something against LIU. I think he'll throw three-something against Kansas if he's still the starting quarterback at that game. Uh, so... Uh, which brings me to my last my last over under question, and then we're gonna do our our prognostication for the year. Last over under question here. Last year, Garrett Green had four passing attempts. Last year, four passing attempts for the whole season. Garrett Green this season, ten passing attempts. Over or under? Oh, over, way over, way over. He says way over. Way you over. explain okay. explain yourself how, how far yeah, is way explain over? yourself i mean i don't know i don't know that he's going to be um seeing a lot of passing attempts within the first four games of the season but my guess is maybe by game five or six we're going to start to see garrett green more than than uh I just really? think I think really? yes. Really? Listen, that's what you I, think is going to happen this year. That's what I want to have happen, maybe. Because oh, <laughs> here's the thing, guys. Like, if if we're gonna not do well, and I I know you guys, maybe Guido more so than Johnson, feel that we are eight and four and contending for a Big Twelve championship. Because eight and four, you're probably doing all right. I mean, you're not you're not going to necessarily win it, but you're going to be close. I I feel like if we're going to struggle, which I think we are, I'd rather struggle with a young guy. Let him get all the snaps so that he can kind of we can kind of feel out: is this the next guy, or do we need to look at Goose Crowder or or whatever? I'd rather lose with a young guy than lose with an older guy that 
what do we do with Jared Deggy if if you know we're losing? All, All right. right, Johnson. What do you think? Over under ten attempts passing attempts. Well, I'm saying over Guido, but it's it's way more calculated than the Titanic sinking. It's it's more. I think I think we're blowing out LIU early. I think he comes in and he gets a bulk of attempts there. And then I think the entire state of Kansas is a mess in football. And I think there's a good chance for him to come in in at least one of those games and and get some a quarter's worth of playing time. So I I'm going to go over but for those specific reasons. So Austin Kendall had 10 attempts uh, in uh, what was the early game we played last? Whatever that early game he got in half of last year, uh, so that's where I picked that number uh, in the in the junk game. So uh, I I don't know. I'm gonna go under, uh, but very but barely. I think it's gonna be like eight or nine attempts in the LIU game for the whole I think season. For the whole season, that's, that's all you're crazy. gonna see. You're all crazy. You're <laughs> all right, let's do our season predictions. Okay. Let's can we go. Can we go game by game and just pick wins and losses? That's all that's, I want to do. That's fine. Okay. All right. All right. We'll start off Maryland. I'll go first. I have that as a win. Johnson? So, gosh, as much as it pains me to say this, again, I, I think these first three games we should come out 3-0, and but I've watched a lot of Mountaineer football, and I just feel like that's not that would be a delight, and so I don't feel like that's going to end up happening. I think picking between I think Virginia Tech at home, Mount Mountaineer crowd, I have a way better feeling there. So I I I think we go here at Maryland. They've got they've got some athleticism at the quarterback and the receivers. We've got some answers to come up with in the secondary and other parts of the defense. And I, I'm afraid I'm afraid I got to go with a loss here. Close, close, Guido, but a loss. Scooty, uh, I'm with Johnson. I I think it's going to be a now. Listen, I will tell you, if we come out and and blow the doors off of Maryland, you might see a glass half full guy next week. You're back in it a little bit. And I'm back in it. But if we blow them out, blow them out. If it's like, whoa, okay, this guy is the answer. This, the secondary is pretty good. These okay. guys, Akeem Mesador is amazing. If, right. I, if that happens, I'm like, okay, I'm in. I'm going to say it's a loss. It could be a close game, wait. but it, it, it might be a loss. I can't wait till next week's episode where Scooty's back in. I can't wait. All right. Uh, LIU, Long Island University, uh, Long Island. Um, Long Island. I'm going. I'll go. I'll go win. Johnson, you better go win. Oh yeah. I it, listen. Okay. If this is not a win, who boy do we have? Like the rest of the if season. If this is if this is not a win, Scooty can warm up the coffee at base camp for me. Yeah. So and he will be insufferable by the BT dubs. If this is not a win, he will be insufferable. I'm going win. Uh, I think the Mountaineers beat the the Crows. Is that what their mascot is? Guido. The Crows. The, cro- the Crows. The Crows. Can we get confirmation? I think it's a crow. We'll get co- we'll get confirmation for next week's show. Yeah. Um, I think they beat the Crows. Uh. It it should be a blowout. I, I think it'll be a blowout. I'm hoping that I'm hoping that that may be a Mark Rucker game. Can we get Mark Rucker? You, you might be able to get Mark Rucker in that game. All right, LIU. Uh, I'll just uh, get this for confirmation right now, Scooty. It's the it's the Long Island University Sharks, the LIU Sharks. I would have gone with crows, not the, not the crows. You like crows better, right? It's That's tougher. More what you're going with. All right, Virginia Tech 
uh, at home, a middle-of-the-pack kind of ACC team that Virginia Tech has become. Uh, WVU gets to play them in Morgantown. I'm going win. So I'm 3-0 and going in to league play, Johnson. What are you? Yeah, I, I'm going win, too. I think the Hokies, listen, if we lose to Maryland, we're angry. If we beat Maryland and then LIU, either way, the Hokies are walking into a buzzsaw. People have been waiting on this game. The stadium's going to be fantastic. I can only hope that they come to their senses and change it to an evening game. But even if it's still a noon game, the place is going to be jacked. It's going to be a great atmosphere. I think we. I think Virginia Tech's got questions to answer at quarterback. I think their defense isn't that great. I think they're picked to be mediocre to begin with in the ACC. I think we roll the Hokies on September 18th win. And Scooty, win or loss for you against Virginia Tech? That's an interesting game. I I know I think we'll win. I do. I'm going to give them a, give us a win. But I will tell you, Virginia Tech's not scared of WVU. They usually come in with an edge. They usually have some mouthy players. I'm thinking back to the Vic brothers. I'm thinking back to – and didn't uh, Marcus give everybody a double bird, I think, at one point, or at least a bird? There was a bird flying somewhere. <laughs> there anyway, was a bird involved. Uh, they come in with an edge because they don't, they don't see – I'm telling you, they don't see WVU as, as a, a strong team. So I'm – it's going to be closer than what we would like, but I think it's a win, but it's going to be close. Now, if this game were played in Virginia Tech, could flip the other way, but I think with us with it being a home game, it'll be a win. So after that, we start conference play in the Big 12, and we start off in a difficult position against, well, right now the number two ranked Oklahoma Sooners, uh, and that game is in Oklahoma, at Oklahoma. Uh, that's going to be our first loss of the season, boys. Uh, at least in my mind. So that's a loss for me. Johnson, what about yeah, you? Yeah, loss. Come on. What are we doing? That's a loss. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, I mean, it's a slam dunk loss. I'm and, gonna, and listen, before Scoot. I already marked your loss but down, Listen, Scoot. Scoot, before, let me let me just, I, I think if, if the Maryland game is a loss for the reasons I mentioned because of an athletic quarterback and talented receivers and, and it shows the deficiencies that we haven't answered in the secondary with Tyke Smith no longer being there and some of that, then – I think it could get ugly against Oklahoma. So I, I'm hopefully that doesn't happen, but I, I think it's a loss. We're going to be like the schooner the last time we saw the schooner. <laughs> right. Wheels are going to be falling <laughs> off. Ladies going to be falling out. It was wild. <laughs> All right, we'll kind of burn through these uh, the rest of these just because I want to I get the final number here. Texas Tech, uh, that game is back in Morgantown to start October 2nd. I'm going to go a win against a Texas Tech team that's kind of – a mess right now going into the season yeah and they were a mess last year and we should have won we let one get away last year i think they're the same old crappy texas tech that they always are but i think they're at home i think that takes some of those gremlins away scoot and i think we get a win uh until we can beat boners to bone i'm going with a loss all right scoot's a loss right there all right next up after that is baylor and we talk about texas tech being in a bad place uh baylor might be in a worse place than texas tech uh, in a lot of ways. So I'm going to go. That game is in Waco. So, But I do think 
WVU comes out victorious on the road. So I'm going to win against Baylor. So far, I only have one loss, boys. Johnson, where are you at on this yeah, game? Yeah, I think I agree with you, Guido. Baylor, they, I think, they, what, 2-7 and seven last year. They're a total mess. That coach is in his second year. So I'm sure they'll iron some things out. But I, I don't love that we have to go to Waco. But I think we go in and we get it done, and that's a win. Ooh, it's a tough, tough call here for me. Um, I, I think I'm leaning – it's at Waco. Mm. I'm going to go with, uh, I think it could be a loss. All right. It could be a Scoot loss. Scoot goes loss on that game. Now. Scoot, I feel like that's your, like, I think there's a, I think if you had a motto for the entire season, it'd be, I think 20, it could be 2021, I think it could, it could be, be a loss. loss. That's what I feel like you're saying. And I mean, just so you guys know, I'm, I'm writing this down. I'm keeping this for, uh, you know, so we can talk about it, Scoot. So you got to own these every right, week, Scoot. I just, Gladly. I just want to let you know, you got, you got to own these. All right. Next we go uh, to TCU. This game's uh, October 23rd. It's at uh, Texas Christian University. Uh, TCU, a really good defense, might be the best defense in the Big 12 this year. Um, I think I, I think it's going to be a close game, but I'm actually going to go TCU in this game. Uh, so I'll pick TCU uh, to win. WVU loses in, against TCU. Johnson, where are you at? Yeah, I, I'm with you again on this one. I think uh, the other thing, it's at TCU. I don't love that. we got to go to Fort Worth. To, you know, historically – the games are sort of like slobber knockers with the Horned Frogs. You know, it's always a battle. Every game's a good game historically with them. It's after an open date. They have a little bit more time to prepare for us. I don't love that. And, uh, you know, it's another one of these games, Scoot, where the TCU's quarterback, I think, led them in rushing last year. He's a talented kid. He's coming into his own um, really athletic guy. And I think, you know, that's why I'm nervous about Maryland. It's why I'm really nervous about Oklahoma, among other things. And so I, I think they get the better of us in that away game. I, I'm going loss. Scooty? Oddly enough, you're not going to believe it. I feel it's a win. All right. All right. I, I like feel it's it. a win. I like it. Um, Tell me why. Uh, mostly because of Gary Patterson's hairstyle. Okay. I think it's outdated, right. <laughs> much like uh, maybe the team. Okay. Um. No, I, I now, he's for a visor reason, guy. He's he a visor, visor. Guy. He's kind of got a swoopy do. He swoops it over the visor. Um, he often comes across as a very angry guy at times. Um, yeah, he always reminds me of that Chris Farley in a van down by the river. You know that yes. guy. He always right. reminds me of that guy. He goes. I think I some, throw that meme out every yeah, year. It, odd sunglasses for him. He doesn't go with the All typical right. sunglass. I I just feel like. Um, I feel like there was a lot of hype when WVU and Texas Christian University entered the Big 12. And I feel like we've held our own with TCU. I think a lot of people thought TCU would be the better of the two programs. So I'm going to go with uh, WVU. All right. Next after that, uh, Iowa State comes to Morgantown. The Cyclones play on Halloween night against uh, – or no, Halloween Eve, excuse me, against WVU. Uh, I actually I, – <laughs> It's a tough one for me. I think uh, I think being home uh, helps WVU, but I think Iowa State's a good team. They're picked second, I think, in the Big Twelve this year after Oklahoma. Uh, so I'm I'm gonna go Iowa State for another loss for WVU right there, Johnson. Yeah, I you know Iowa State is I think they're gonna be really solid again this year. Coming off that Fiesta Bowl season last year, I think Matt Campbell's doing a. I mean, he's doing such a good job there. He's got them really rolling. I think um, they're super strong at the quarterback and running back position. And I think the only thing that is intriguing, Guido, is 
It's Halloween, Mountaineer Field. I, I, I don't. That's one thing that it gives me pause. But I, I even so, I think I think Iowa State's just a little bit too much, and I, I think it's it's just going to be too much to overcome. I, I think I'm going to go with a loss. The only thing that might be spooky is the score. Uh, that is an Iowa State win. So loss for WVU. All right. And then next, Oklahoma State, the next weekend, Oklahoma State also comes to Morgantown. And this should be an interesting game because Oklahoma State is probably going to be one of the best offenses in the Big 12 this season. Um, duh, man, this is tough for me as well. But I think this is a three-game skid right here for WVU, TCU, Iowa State, Oklahoma. I'm going to loss three in a row right there for WVU including this loss against Oklahoma State. Johnson, where are you yeah, at? Yeah, I, I don't think they allowed that to happen. I, I don't think this team I, – I think I think Coach Brown rallies the troops. I don't think you see a three-game skid here. I think we owe Oklahoma State. They always come in. I feel like Scoot and I, I think, alone have been to like the two last home games against Oklahoma State and watched them just do enough to get by against us. I think – um, I think they're kind of hurting after that Iowa State loss. They come back and regroup, and I think they beat Oklahoma State at home. I'm going win. All right. Scoot. Uh, I don't like our feel for it because we seem to lose to them quite a bit, even though I feel like we should beat them. I'm going to say that Oklahoma State slaps the paddles on the Mountaineers. <laughs> okay. Uh, after that, we play K State at K State. We go to the uh, what's the name of the stadium? Uh, the <laughs> the family restroom, family restroom stadium. The Bill Snyder family restroom, family restroom. Yeah, right. I forget. Changing table. <laughs> K State at K State at the at Bill Snyder Memorial. Oh, it's not Memorial. He's like he's still alive, right? Yeah, Bill don't Snyder do that stadium. to him. Come on. Uh, <laughs> I hear there's a windbreaker giveaway. <laughs> it is a windbreaker giveaway that game for the first 2000 fans uh last year we beat k-state 37 to 10 and this year we're also going to beat k-state because that's just a trash heap of a program too so i'm going wvu win right there against k-state johnson where are you yeah at i i just don't think they're very strong this year i think i think you know we talked about kansas state and baylor i think i mean uh, sorry texas tech and baylor i kind of lump kansas state in with them of teams that i just don't expect a whole lot of anything out of uh i I know we have to go to Kansas State, um, but I think WVU is kind of regrouped coming off this Oklahoma State win that I'm tacking on. Uh, I'm going to go win at Kansas State. Uh, do they have uh, Optimus Prime as the quarterback still? No, they do not. Okay, I'm going to say it's a win for WVU. Oh, nice. Scoot goes with a win there. I mean, that, that feels good, Scoot. Glad to hear you getting a win in some point, Scoot. Glad to hear it. Uh, the next game, in case anybody's wondering, will be the official uh, Got Your Ears On game. Texas comes to Morgantown. The Longhorns, right before Thanksgiving, will play WVU. Uh, and I got to tell you, I think Texas is a joke. Is if you want my honest opinion, I think uh, them going to the SEC. So you think they're overrated? I think they're overrated. I think Texas is a joke. I think West Virginia wins this game against Texas at home. I think everybody's going to be mad at Texas for leaving the Big Twelve. So I'm going WVU win right here. Johnson, I I want to agree with you 100, percent uh, but I I think Texas is going to be strong. I think they're going to be probably the favorites to to contend with Iowa state and, and push Oklahoma. Um, I, 
I think they got I think they got a lot of talent on their team. I think the stadium this is gonna be one of those home games where the stadium is electric, people are packed in, they're dialed in, they want their you know, horns down, they they want it to happen. I think it's gonna be a close game. I just don't think the Mountaineers have have enough to to tip it into a win. I, I'm gonna go with a loss against the Longhorns. Scooty? Uh my horns are gonna be down, but those horns are gonna win. They're gonna be up. So the the Mountaineers lose to Texas. All right. And then the final game of the season against everybody's favorite Big 12 foe. Uh, I'm, I don't, you know, for years we've been wrapping up the season with Iowa State, which I think they were trying to make a rivalry game for us. Now it's Kansas, which was kind of a – I mean, is that going to be our new rival in the Big 12? Uh Maybe I don't know. Uh, Kansas comes. So what are you saying to me exactly? What yeah. What are you trying to say? We go to Lawrence. We play at at Kansas. Uh, I mean that's a win. I I can't imagine anybody would say anything different, Johnson. Well, I, I'm not going to say different, but I will just say this, Guido. Like coming off that Texas loss that I think is going to happen, the team's going to be the team's going to be mad about that. I just hope they don't go into Kansas and you know like think they're well let's just finish things up and do something do something dumb uh at kansas uh, but i kansas is so bad uh they're a total mess as usual and i think i think that's a wvu win scooty i agree i think that's a win um they go with those chrome face masks that's a problem it's okay. a bad luck. It's a, it's a bad it's luck. A, it's a bad Contributes look. to a loss. So we finish off here, guys. Uh, I I pick them eight and four. Okay. Johnson, that's a bowl game. Johnson, you pick seven and All five. Right. That's a bowl right. game. Scoot, Scooty, you're five and seven, just shy of making it to the bowl game. I, I don't know. Scoot's more glass half empty. Uh, so Scoot, than, I think the rest of I, us. I think when we talked um, back in you know farther back in the off season, we you know we started to touch on football a little bit. I think I said. Six and six. So, Scoot, I'm feeling a little bit more optimistic. I think those guys have another year to grow together. I think Letty Brown and this offensive line are going to be strong. I think overall the defense still figures it out, even though I think they've got questions in the secondary. I, like, I'm I'm a little bit more optimistic. I think seven and five is totally attainable. I am the same as what I was. I said five and seven. I still am five and seven. I, I don't. I have yet to see the answers. I, like, you guys say there's answers there. I want to see the answers before we before we really can start to feel good about this team. Like, uh, they. Uh, but they I feel like me. for you, Scooty, I feel like for you, the only answer is quarterback. You for you, it's it's Jared Daigie has to be good or bad, right? For if West he's Virginia. if he's what he was last year. Five and seven looks like I'm a genius. I'm telling you, he can't he can't do what he did last year, and then you guys be we be eight and four or seven and five. We can't. It won't happen. I don't know. I think he can do what he did last year and have a bowl a bowl bound season. It might not be an eight win season. It might be closer to a Johnson seven win or or a six win season. But I can't imagine that he hasn't that there isn't improvement like. What makes you what makes you think, Scooty, that it's the same Jared Daggy we saw in the first half well, of the Army game? I, and it's not improved. That's the last time I've seen him. So I need to see the I need to see the improvements myself. So I need to see that he's throwing the ball down the field. But Guido, don't you also think I mean the one thing that gives me pause on this season is I think we were in games, we won games. 
Um, I think of Baylor last year. I think we held them off. Uh, you know, I, I put a lot of those wins on the defense. I mean, we, we had a, we had a really solid defense. I think Tyke Smith was all American, you know, the stills brothers were together and playing terrific ball. I think, you know, we scoop brought up Akeem Mesador. We talked about, you know, we could kind of go through all kinds of different positions on the defense. And I think they contributed so much to how the season ended positively last year. I think you could even say in the army game, the offense was struggling so much, you know, you got to go with your other quarterback at the half. The defense is at least making sure you're sticking, you're sticking in the game. So I say all that just to say that, if we're now saying, I, I think where Scoot has a good point is if we're now saying the offense now has to do way more because we've lost some pieces on the defense and we're still getting some answers together. That just gives me that that does make me a little bit nervous. I'd be lying if I said if I said it didn't. Okay. Well, you know, we'll find out. We'll see. We've got a lot of guys that are named Johnson to preseason we watch list. Yep, we do. In, you know, Dante, preseason All-American, uh, you know, he's on a couple of those watch lists. I mean, even even Scoot's guy, Jared Dagey, he's on a he's on a couple of those preseason award watch lists. What's, what makes you think he doesn't earn that, Scoot? I mean, I don't know. I don't – any guy that's on a watch list, he got replaced in the last game he played in. That's crazy to me. What are we? Well, what are we what why are I, we watching what if, him? Now? What if because I told you he's he's, he's he's named he's he's named to the Danny Werfel Award watch list for the most impactful community service leaders in the country? So does that <laughs> I, make you? Does that make? I was like, waiting for that. I'm gonna do nothing in my community, but I'm a year older, so I should be up for like the Rotary Citizen of the Year Award. <laughs> well, I think I've done he, nothing though. He joins so uh, safety Sean Mahone. Kicker Evan Staley are also uh, in the mix there, and then like um, uh, like Guido named Michael Laughlin. Scoot, you brought up the tight end position earlier. He's actually on the John Mackey watch list for the most outstanding tight end. So maybe we see some good stuff there too. Well, we started. To, I was gonna say we started to see them use the tight end more. So I'm hoping that and I think in that bowl game, didn't we see them go to O'Laughlin quite a bit? So that makes sense. Okay, he's got a little bit of mojo going at the end of the season. Jarrett Dagey was on the bench at the end of the season. Now he's on a watch list. What are we watching? Like, I'm telling you, he's a year older. He needs to show me that he deserves to be on this watch list. Just because he's a, a – I don't even know what grade he's in anymore because he's like a junior, senior, sophomore, junior. Like, what What are we watching? I hope I'm watching so the ball go down the field. <laughs> Listen, and I hope I, I hope we're watching re wide receivers catch the ball and not drop yeah, him this year too. Yeah, that's a good you, point. You put a lot of, you 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 sit here and you complain yeah. about him, but I mean, I think a lot of that problem last year was also on wide receivers dropping passes that were yeah, in the numbers. Yeah, you could make a, a big argument for that. I mean, when he when he was making good decisions and making good passes, a lot of times it was not his fault that the play was not being completed. So let's let's it goes, you know, there's some stuff to share there. Is all I'm saying, Scoot. It goes everyone needs to improve, not just him. So before we uh, finish this segment off, uh, I, I and go to whatever else we're going to talk about on this show. I do want to talk about a couple of other WVU football things. Just I don't want to get into conversations about expansion and you know re whatever conference we may or may not be getting in. I just want to make sure everybody heard that uh, our favorite mustached mustachioed coach. Dave Wanstat said that he heard that we're going to the ACC. So, I mean, so there's that. 
there's that. I, I mean, apparently he said in a, in a Fox uh, meeting, a Fox uh, sports right. meeting, that he heard that WVU was going go to go to ACC. I hope he's right because some of what I've been hearing here lately within the last couple of days on the Twitter machine uh, gives me pause to want to puke. I, I'm kind of like Big Jim. First, I'm going to go pee, and then I'm going to go throw up. <laughs> Because when you I don't see when you see Memphis and UCF, Cincinnati and, yeah. and UCF and Houston, I don't want those team BYU Boise people, State. People are doing like an over and under on BYU getting a having a Big Twelve schedule in twenty twenty two. I don't right. want that. Who wants to go to BYU? Nobody. Nobody. And to make matters worse, and this is just my opinion, and to make matters worse. The Big 12 has started a, a commission, a committee. What do you call it, Yeah, Johnson? some kind a of uh, subcommittee, I think they called it, to begin the process of looking into expansion candidates. Scoot, just what you want to hear, right? Well, and I feel like, let's be honest, a subcommittee, they probably do call it a subcommittee, completely asinine. Just call it a committee. It's not under something. Just say, hey, we got this committee. We don't have to call it a subcommittee to be under some other committee. Just let it be a committee. And if I told you that if I told you that Oliver Luck was on that committee for the Big 12, would it make you feel any He's been better? He's brought in as a consultant, Scoot. Worse. It He's makes a me consultant. feel worse. It makes me feel like now we're stuck in there because people are not going to want to hurt his feelings to take us out. That's exactly what I felt too, Scooty. I was like, when I saw that Oliver Luck was on this committee for the Big 12 expansion or adding teams or whatever it is, I was like, oh, Yeah, we're, we're stuck. Forever. Like, I think we're stuck. And if this is... Yeah. Gordon Gee and Steve uh, Steve Lyons. Steve Lyons was a <laughs> Chicago White Sox. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. Shane White Sox, Lyons. Yeah. If this is uh, Steve Lyons, by the way, notorious. Uh, he had an incident where he undid his his pants. He undid his pants. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah, get some dirt out. Anyway, Shane Lyons. Yeah, Shane, Lyons. Shane Lyons. If if that's their way of saying we're good is by staying in this Big Twelve with BYU and Houston and. Uh, some ungodly other teams like who uh, Southern Miss and UTEP or some crap. I don't want that. I, nobody wants that. I don't want to go West. I don't like the West Coast. I don't like I Pacific I'm time. With you. I don't like mountain time. I have time. to tell you, I was, listen, I was the guy on last week's show, guys, that I was like, oh, we'll be fine. It's going to, and now, like in the past five days, like I am starting to cry in my milk because it ain't, it ain't good. It ain't good at all. Like, it's it's bad news. But I bears, think it's. I, think. I mean, I said last week I was still sixty five percent concerned, thirty five percent hopeful. This is my. This was. This is my sixty five percent right here. That, and I think unfortunately this is what we need to prepare ourselves for. Scoot, you need to right. prepare yourself to get up to play Cincinnati and South Florida and is this Central not, Florida. Is this not the AAC two well, it would – I will say this, and Guido, we can move on, but I and maybe we'll talk about it a bit next show. But if we were to go that way, I think you pretty much like chop the AAC off at the knees, right? I mean, if, if anything, yeah. you, you do at least solidify yourself as like the next best, and that might mm -hmm. be as good as we can do in the time being. It's I don't horrible. know. I, I don't horrible. know. I know. It's not I, great, I but it might be the best we can do. And I'll be honest – Oklahoma State and WVU are the ones that get screwed in all of this. Yes. Because yeah. I do think – I think Oklahoma State probably has – if I'm looking basketball and, and football, they're probably the next best of the, the 
college is left behind as far as being good at both. Uh, they've yeah. got that his Baylor can be at times. They've got that yeah. historic Gallagher Iba right? Arena. Yeah, I mean, right? it is historic. Uh, so before we take a break at the longest segment that we've ever done, guys, we should just touch briefly on a few other cleanup items. Unfortunately, Darius Stills uh, released by the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, so uh, sad to see him uh, not make. The team uh, also released Kevin White after a, f- a bunch of years playing in Chicago and a couple other places. Kevin White gets released by the 49ers, um, so that was kind of a bummer. But in good news for some WVU guys in the NFL, Will Greer looking solid as uh, as a QB in Carolina the past uh, couple of preseason games. And uh, and also Yande Kajust looking playing, getting a lot of playing time for the Patriots recently in preseason. And former WVU safety Noah Guzman, he uh, lands at Houston and gets to play there. They don't know who their quarterback is yet, but they got him playing for him, so that's good. Also, in WVU basketball news, congratulations to Coach Bob Huggins. Not that any of us are surprised. He gets whatever he wants. He gets a contract extension through the 2024 season, uh, but he's there forever. He's coached for life. Um, Isaiah Cottrell has been uh, cleared for all basketball uh, activities. And uh, so, you know, basketball season going to start ramping up here. We'll talk about him. We'll get our buddy uh, to come on and, and tell us a little bit about climbing Mount Kilimanjaro and WVU yeah. basketball. Brent Solheim, he's he's uh, he's a world traveler yes. now. So uh, we'll have to check in with him. Well, listen, guys, let's take a break. We'll come back with everybody's favorite game show on a WVU podcast, a little game we like to call Bluff the Fluff. So don't go anywhere. You're listening to Got Your Ears On. Vortec Knives is a West Virginia-owned and operated company specializing in high-quality steel, fast-opening, everyday carrying knives. If you go to VortecKnives.com today and use the code G-Y-E-O, you get a 25% discount on your entire order. That's Vortec, V-O-R-T-E-K, Knives.com, a West Virginia-owned and operated company specializing in fast-opening, high-quality, everyday carry knives. Vortec Knives. Welcome back to Got Your Ears On. Guido here along with Scoot and Johnson. Don't forget, find us online. Look for us on the social medias. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Got Your Ears. You can also find us on Facebook. Just search Got Your Ears On. Guys, bluff the fluffs last week. Uh, Johnson was a loss, right, Johnson? You were a loss for your hometown. Is that true? No. (laughs) I mean, the loss part, yes. Oh, okay. I hate taking the loss, but... Uh, the hometown part, not so much. My hometown. I mean, we just thought you'd know more about. When... Uh, anyway, so we're tied back up, eight games apiece right now, Scooty and Johnson. And this week, we're going back to WVU. We're going to do a little bit of WVU football centric trivia okay. here uh, for Bluff the Fluffs. We're going to do what do you remember about the 2020 WVU football? Oh boy. Team? There we go. <laughs> Scoot, I feel like we put it out of our brain, so I don't know. Maybe not so much. I think there are going to be a lot of questions that are geared to like prove that I should be happy with the team. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yes, I don't know that's, that's true. true. I, I know, know Guido. 
All right, guys, remember, a correct answer is worth five points, a steal is worth 10 points, and final bluff is worth 25 points. While we were in the break, we had a complete and total random flip of the coin, and Johnson, you get to go first this week. Sweet. Let's do it. All right, let's do it here. All right, WVU finished Big 12 conference play last season with a four-win, four-loss record, uh, and they finished sixth in the Big 12 overall for the season. What were they predicted to finish in the preseason poll for the Big 12 last season? Was it third, ninth, eighth, or sixth? Hmm. I I don't recall, but I feel like we were picked middle of the pack. I'm going to go sixth. I'm sorry. That's incorrect. Scooty, for 10 points in the steal, was it third, ninth, or eighth? Well, to make Guido feel good about this team. I'm going to say eighth. We were predicted to, to finish eighth. That is correct. We were predicted to finish eighth, and Scooty gets 10 points on that one. So we finished better than we were predicted to finish. That's all I'm that's all Scoot, I was going to say. I think he might that. be on to something here. I know what's going on here. I know what he's doing. All right. Next question, Scooty, is to you. What returning defensive lineman – Led WVU in sacks last year. Returning defensive line. Akeem Mesador. That's correct. Akeem doesn't Mesador even need five. the choices. Doesn't even need the choices. Guy. I was going to say Dante Stills, Vandarius Cowan, Akeem Mesador, Jared Bartlett. Akeem Mesador had five. Dante and Jared Bartlett both had three and a half. Cowan has led the Mountaineers the last two years in knee injuries. <laughs> <laughs> I think that that was set up there for you to lean into uh, Bartlett because, you know. Yeah, Jared yeah, Bartlett. I was really. Uh, yeah. D- Bob Davies' favorite, yeah, Jared so Bartlett or right. whoever it was. I don't know who it that. was, but it was a big fan of that guy. That guy's like third on the death chart, and he's like, he's an amazing linebacker. Wait until you guys see what Jared Bartlett can do. All right, Johnson. Uh, so you're down right now 15 to nothing, and this next question is to you. How many rushing yards – did starting quarterback Jarrett Dagey have in the 2020 season? Was it negative 22, 4, negative 101, or 37? <laughs> all of the, these. <laughs> horrible. Scoot, don't judge me bad. on this because these are the four worst choices we've ever been given. That's my guy. <laughs> uh, gosh. You know, I – in his defense, obviously, sacks screw up a quarterback's. Uh, so this might be more of an indictment skewed on the offensive line play than anything, if we're being or honest. Or the fact that he's got some sort of, like, uh, gorilla glue with the football in his hand. Yes, yeah, that's true. Uh, Guido, I'm going to say he finished in the negative. I'm going to go negative 22. All right, Scooty, for 10 points and the steal, was it four Negative 101 or 37? Oh. Scoot, uh, for your guy. Total rushing yards. Uh, I'm going to go with four. No, I'm sorry. That's incorrect. The correct answer was negative 101 <laughs> yards last year rushing. <laughs> that's my boy. For Jared Dagey. That's a rough uh, stat. So, yeah. Like, uh, hey, that's listen, that's the one question there that's showing what I'm thinking. Yeah, I'm just, you know, I'm just giving you stats, guys. All right, Scoot, this next question is back to you. With a minimum of 10 receptions for the receivers last year, which WVU receiver led the team in average receiving yards per catch? Was it 
BFW, Bryce Ford Whedon, TJ Simmons, Sean Ryan, or Winston Wright? Average receiving yards per catch. I'm going to say TJ Simmons. He didn't have a lot of them, but he did have a decent, uh, they're usually 20, 20 yards plus. That's correct. TJ Simmons averaged 17.4 yards last season on his receptions. Bryce uh, Ford Wheaton was second with 15.4. So, uh, yeah, good, good, good guess there, Scoot. Way to think. I like how you actually, uh, you know, you paid attention in school. I'm proud of you. Thanks. (laughs) All right, Scoot's got the lead right now, 20 to 0. Johnson, that's a big uh, donut on your end. Yeah, it feels bad. And this next question is back to you. How many different players for WVU last season had receptions, caught the ball, all right? Was it 7, 9, 12, or 16? Hmm. Um, 16 feels really high. I'm going to go with 12, Guido. Sorry, that's incorrect. Scooty, for 10 points and the steal, uh, was it a 7, 9, or 16? I'm going to say 16. That's correct. 16 different players for WVU had receptions last season, and Scooty is blowing poor Johnson out of the I really didn't which, think 16 people which had receptions. goes back to my thought on the dropsies, right? Was it really dropsies, or was it quarterback play? Well, I would hmm. just counter that I think because of dropsies, a lot of – like random people saw playing time trying to find the right fits, I feel yeah, like. Yeah, maybe, maybe. A lot of guys got the ball thrown to them because other guys couldn't catch the ball. So, All right, Scoot, this next question is to you. Last question before final bluff. In 10 games, how many interceptions did Jarrett Dagey throw in 2020? So how many interceptions did he have last season? All right. Was it 10, 1, 4, or seven? Uh, I believe it was four. That's correct. Four is the correct answer. Two in the Baylor game, one in the Kansas game, and one in the Liberty Bowl against Army. So he had four total interceptions in 2020. So, Scoot, not a, not lot. a lot. Not a lot of interceptions. You have to throw the ball and not get sacked and when you're running for negative 101. <laughs> so, yes, better to have loved and lost than to have never loved at all. Man. Well, uh, we're going to do final bluff anyways, Johnson, but you have no chance of winning as Scooty right now leads 35 to zero. Uh, so at least, you know, you could try to make it look respectable. I, I guess that's. Yeah, this has not gone. This has not gone well. This game. All right. So final bluff worth 25 points. As always, we ask you guys to have buzzers to ring in. Johnson, what's your buzzer this week? Letty. Letty. Okay. Scooty, what do you got? Deggy. Deggy. All right. Okay. All right. How many points per game did WVU average in 2020? Points per game. How many did they average in 2020? Was it 33, 26, 17, or 21? Daggy. Oh, Scoot beat you too, man. Just slow on the slow on the draw as well, Johnson. All right, Scooty, what do you got? I am going to say we averaged 21 points a game. I'm sorry, that's incorrect. All right, Johnson, for 25 points and to make it not look as bad as it really is, <laughs> was it 33, 26, or 17? Uh, I'm going to go 26. That's correct. 
Johnson still loses 35 to 25, but he does answer the question correct for how many points the WVU average per game in 2020. Yeah, none of that was fun, guys. Those were all pretty rough stats in a lot of ways. Uh, so let's, let's hope next year is better. But I wouldn't have initially – I'm with Scutho on I wouldn't have initially remembered it as 26. That actually feels good. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree. Uh, we must have ran up the score against somebody bad <laughs> is all I can think. <laughs> maybe. Maybe that's what it was. All right, well, congratulations, Scoot. That's now nine wins for you, and you take the lead 9-8 to eight over Johnson for the 2021 season of Bluff the Fluffs. Well, listen, guys, let's take a break, and we'll come back with Scooty's segment of Pick Your Ears. So don't go anywhere. You're listening to Got Your Ears On. Tactical Legion Knives, a West Virginia-owned and operated company that specializes in heavy-duty tactical knives and gear for the professional warrior, the weekend warrior, and the outdoor warrior. Our products are built tough. For who? For warriors. Hey, Mountaineer fans, make sure you go on Amazon and search Tactical Legion Knives. And when you do, make sure you put in the promo code 25TOBRADIO for Tob Radio. You'll get 25% off on Tactical Legion Knives. Welcome back to Got Your Ears On. Guido here along with Scoot and Johnson. Don't forget, check out our website, gotyourearson.com. It's kind of the, the hub of everything about who we are. Yeah, right, it Johnson? is. You can find the latest show and blog form on there with all our show notes included if you'd like to click on the links and check out some stuff further. You can also find the link to our merch store where you can shop for Got Your Ears On merch. And we also include the latest link to uh, the current show right there in the sidebar. So check it out. Yeah, check it out. Got Your Ears On. Dot com. Well, Scoot, you're bringing to us one of our new favorite segments that you've come up with. It's a segment we you like to call Pick Your Ears. What do you got for us this week, Scooty? Well, since uh, we are talking about the start of the football season, I thought we would talk uh, a little bit about some football players for the Mountaineer football team this year. Okay. So we're going we're gonna to pick our ears based on the questions and the positions that I talked to you about. All right. So we know Letty Brown is going to be the starting running back. But he has two somewhat, from what we've seen and heard, very capable backups in Avarius Sparrow and Tony Mathis. Right. Which running back do you think has more running yards, rushing yards? Sparrow or Mathis at the end of the season? Go ahead, Johnson. Uh, I think last year they kind of platooned um, do you remember that, Scoot? They kind of platooned Mathis with Garrett Green whenever he came in with the twos. So I, I don't know a whole lot about Sparrow. I've heard a, I've heard a lot of good things about him, but I I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with Mathis. I'm gonna go with Mathis as well, and I think that's just because he kind of picks up those Alex Sinkfield plays that you know now that he's gone. Uh, and I think that Sparrow climbs up to where Mathis was, you know. So I, I think that. Uh, I'll go Mathis as well. Sparrow only had uh, 10 rushing yards last year. Uh, Mathis had 55. Alex Singfield had 325. So 
I think there's some room for somebody to grab some yards there, but I'm going to go with Mathis. I think Sparrow is going to take advantage of his opportunity and possibly outshine Tony Mathis, so we'll we'll see. All right. Okay. Um, okay, moving on to the wide receiver position. We know all about uh, the hype that I bought into on Sam James, which uh, really stabbed me in the back and has made me very upset. But let's talk about the, the other two receivers that often receive the ball, Winston Wright and um, Bryce Ford Wheaton. Of those two receivers – who has the most receptions this year? I'll go uh, Winston Wright. He led the team in receptions last year. I think that he does it again this year. But he's a checkdown receiver. He's not a, uh, you know, he's not a big big money route as Scoot likes to call it. He's not running the uh, deep uh, the deep X's in the posts. Uh, so, but I think he gets a lot of those little. Uh, and I know this is going to come back to bite me when I say this, but he's going to get a lot of those little check down dink and dunks that uh, that Daggy's going to end up throwing a lot this season. So I'll go Winston Wright. Yeah, I, I agree uh, for all those reasons, Guido. Plus, Scoot, uh, I feel like you'll find this interesting too. Winston Wright changed his number from 16 to 1 recently. I don't know why or why that would have any bearing, but it. I, f- I think it's cool, and I think he gets more receptions. But doesn't Bryce Bryce Ford Wheaton wears double zero though? Doesn't he on his jersey? Just doesn't one zero. zero, yeah, one zero, right? One zero. Okay, it's one zero. I thought it was double zero, but anyways, yeah. I I like Bryce Ford Wheaton. I think better than I do Winston. Right? That's I mean, not personally. I don't know either of these gentlemen. They might be very nice guys, <laughs> but I, as as far as receiver, Bryce Ford Wheaton gives me a little bit more of a Gary Jennings vibe. Than, than Winston Wright does. Winston Wright, to me, kind of has a little bit more of a... He's probably a, a taller Jock Sanders or something for me in my mind. Um, I'm going to say that you guys are right, though, that uh, Mr. Bubble Screen will get more receptions. Uh, Winston Wright will lead the team in receptions. All right. Okay, let's move on to the defense. All right, this is an area that uh, we know a lot about. The secondary that's facetious. We don't know anything about the secondary because we don't know who's on the secondary. I was going to say, they're Scoot, all new. Psych. Who do you say has more interceptions, Nick Troy Fortune or the field? Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, this is tough. That's a tough one. I'm, I, well, I'm just going to play the numbers here. Uh, I've, I'm going to go the field. I mean, I don't, I mean, I don't know, uh, you know, who else? But I'm going to go the field. You never know. I mean, when you say the field, it ha- they have to be defensive backs. They can't be like linebackers. I'm, I'm going to say defensive cornerback safeties or whatever piece of equipment that they name those people Spears. Yeah, and- Scotty Young is in that list. Uh, you got Alonzo Adai. He's still there, Bandits right? And so- Spears and things. Uh, you got Vendaris Cowan in the bandit position. Um, yeah, I'm going to go the field. I think between, I mean, Scotty Young, uh, should, should get, you'll see a lot of Scotty Young this season in that spear position. Um, I'll go to field. I'll go the field. Scoot, I'm going to go Nick Troy because I think there's a vacuum there that's going to call for some, some leadership in that secondary. I think he's probably now with all the changes, um, one of the more experienced, if not the most experienced person back there. I, I think he's got a good shot at, at being the number one in that category. I agree with Johnson. I think he is uh, he's got to be the leader. 
right? I'm, I'm imagining that when they go into huddles or when they, um, in between plays, he's the guy that's, you know, kind of directing traffic out there, telling guys where they should be and, and what they should be doing because he, he's got the most experience back there. Um, okay. I think where we should be, I think where we should be worried in that position is if any of those guys get hurt, because some of those names, you know, Alonzo Adai, Nick Troy Fortune, Scotty Young, transfer guy, like, uh, I think those names that we kind of know, and we're like, okay, they're probably good, you know, number ones and starters. It's when you get to the twos that you're like, I don't know any of those names. Like, I don't know who Davis Mellinger is. I don't know who that is. Like, you know, so that's where it starts to get worried, but I'm still going to go the field on it. Okay. And then uh, one last question, staying on the defensive side. All right. Um, who has more sacks on the season, Akeem Mesador or the field? I like I like going against the field just because it sounds cool. Yeah, I mean, again, Scooty, just because – I mean, Akeem Mesador would have to have uh, an amazing sack season to beat the field. I mean, he'd have to be – uh, pretty high up there, you know, with sacks. Last year he had five. Uh, I got to go field on this yeah, one. Yeah, and I think me too, just because I think we have a lot of talent across that front and into the, you know, like those middle linebacking core and, and those guys. So I, I'm i not that I, – I mean, I think Akeem could have a, a wonderful season, no doubt, but I think I'm going to go with the field as well. I am going to go Akeem Mesador. Okay. I, I think he builds off that year last year. Um, I, I'd i like to see him potentially double his sack count. He had five. I'd, lo- I'd love to see him get to ten. I don't know that that's realistic, but I definitely think nine, eight or nine sacks is definitely realistic. And maybe if there's hype on Dante Stills, that will still continue to free up Akeem to do what he did last year. So you think it, you're thinking nine or ten sacks for his senior year? He's going to be a sophomore or for his for, not sophomore yeah. year. Sophomore year. Yes, I, mean? I think so. So Johnson, who is I? And the name escapes me, and it's, I'm going to yell when you tell me. Uh, who played in the mid '90s? Uh, went on to play in the NFL. WVU sack leader, Ronaldo, like a uh, Ronaldo Turnbull, or like a Chris no, Herring, no. or like a Canute Curtis. Canute or, Curtis. Okay. Canute Curtis is who it is. He like his. I think if I remember correctly, like his last season at WVU, senior year, which would have been ninety six, yeah. he had something like sixteen and a half sacks or some ridiculous yeah, and, number. And think too, Guido, that at the time he was playing with Gary Stills for some of that time. Like that was just a monster defensive line. Those were those were some wonderful yeah. ninety six. If memory serves, I think ninety six was the number one overall defense in the country. He was a huge part yeah, of that. So yeah, Canoe Curtis. Thank you. Great. The great uh, the Amityville uh, horror. Lineman. If you remember, yes, the Amityville I, uh, horror. Yes, I was negative one in terms of my West Virginia life. <laughs> <laughs> Canoe Curtis. That's a great one. That's a great one. Well, thanks, Scoop, for uh, for bringing us a pick your ears. As always, we love when you give us uh, whatever's in your head because it's just amazing up there sometimes. Magical. It's magical. It is magical. All right, guys. Well, listen, don't forget WVU plays on Saturday against Maryland. That game is at 3.30. You can see it on ESPN. You can also listen to it. Uh, Just download the WVU app on your phone. That's how you listen to games now. Um, And, uh, you know, or you can uh, go to College Park and watch the game as we play Tua Tungavalo's little brother, Tuila. 
Tua, Tua, I don't even know how to say his first Ta- name. Talia? It's, it's like Tua with a bunch of letters at the Tua-lia, end of it is what maybe? it is. Yeah, it's I like think it's Tua-lia. Tua-lia, I think. Hopefully we don't hear Hopefully we don't hear it a lot. <laughs> I'm sure we will, but. Does that mean little Tua? I don't know. Little maybe. Tua? I don't know. So, anyways, WVU 3.30 on Saturday to kick off the season against Maryland. Don't forget, look for us online. You can find us on social media, on Instagram, on Twitter, at Got Your Ears On Air. You can look for us on Facebook as well. And check out our website, GotYourEarsOn.com. We'll be back next week to break down the Maryland game and talk about the LIU game. So, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll be back. You've been listening to Got Your Ears On. Got Your Ears On.